is Nick Robertson. Where is Nick? He's coming here now. Um, he's the social media and digital content manager for the Melbourne Comedy Festival, where we met. He's one of the most welcoming and warm people I've ever met and loves a chat. If we ever ran into each other in the kitchen, I knew we would be there for a long time. I'm so excited that he's telling a story, so please welcome Nick. Um, hello, I'm Nick. Um, I would like uh, to tell a story. Um, I suppose that's why we're here. Um, I want to tell a story that is about a few things, um, uh, um, I think. Um, it's about travel, it's about my mum, it's a little bit about Candy Crush. It's, um, it's about getting deported from Scotland, um, mostly because it's about getting, uh, it's about getting deported from Scotland. <laughs> um, which I know is a real spoiler up top, um, so I'm sorry about that. Um, I know a lot of storytellers like to build up tension and suspense of a climactic uh, to a climactic complication, um, but I work in marketing, as Claudia says, so I need to grab you from the top, so that's what I'm starting with. Um, but that story, the story doesn't start with um, uh, getting deported from Scotland. Uh, the story starts with me uh, reaching for my phone. It is May 2017 and I'm in Melbourne. It's early morning. I'm about to head overseas to live in Scotland for a little bit, of, uh, for a stint, because uh, I got a job there. I'm this beady-eyed 22-year-old boy, although, to be honest, still not sure if those beady eyes from, was from a wild sense of adventure or just hay fever. <laughs> I'm a little bit bigger at the time. My moustache is much thinner than it is now. My hair is a lot shorter. Um, and, but I do have some patchy facial hair across my face, a little similar to a, like a year 10 drama student who's trying to be an adult but not quite there yet. I'm young, naive, and I really don't know what I'm getting myself into. As I reach for my phone, the screen lights up. It's 6 a.m. and my flight is at 7.13 a.m. And I live in St Kilda. <laughs> I have no idea how I've slept through my alarm, but I have, and I enter a full panic. I have two options here. I can call an Uber, try my luck, or call it quits and just book a new flight. I, uh, and I'm like, I'm quite an anxious person at the best of times. I can't make a decision. Like I, like put me in a Woolies section in front of the yogurts and I'm freaking out. <laughs> so I don't know how I'm, making, uh, how I'm meant to make this decision. I call my mum and I don't know why, because like me, she is useless in a crisis. <laughs> like one time when I was a young teen, we were in a park and we were playing footy and I like threw her the football and instead of like batting it away or catching it, she just jumps into a bush. And that's the person I decide to call to make a snap decision. I don't think it was the right decision. <laughs> she goes into full um, lecture mode at the time. Um, she jumps straight into it. She's like, well, Nicholas, prior preparation prevents poor performance. You should have been more prepared. What? Prior preparation prevents poor performance? What is that bullshit? <laughs> I hang up on her right away and I call my brother. He is great in a crisis and convinces me, what have I got to lose? You're gonna no need to go to the airport anyway. I, I call an Uber and Mario the Uber driver arrives, who, uh, Mario's who Italian accent matches perfectly to his Nintendo namesake. I hop into the car and in a panic voice, I explain the situation and Mario doesn't skip a beat. He looks me straight in the eyes, lowers, lowers his voice and says, we are going to make this flight. 
Mario are, and I are a team. I assume this is what it's like to be in a committed relationship. I wouldn't know. This is the sort of unhinged optimism that I needed. None of this prior preparation I got from my mother Elaine. After 40 minutes of what could only be described as Fast and Furious 11, Mario's Revenge, we get to the airport. Mario breaks road, more road rules than I can count, and before I could do the math on how much he owes Vic Rhodes, I am legging it through the terminal. I make no friends as I'm pushing people away, yodeling, my flight! And by some miracle, I make it to boarding. Thank you, Mario, I really should have tipped you. I'm a bad person. I'm mid-air, and this is the first long-haul flight I've had in, like, three years, and I forgot how long and tedious they are. But I'm buzzed from the adrenaline, and I can't really sleep. I don't sleep. <laughs> I watched so many goddamn movies on that plane to the point where the only thing left was Family Guy, and it was at that point where I was like, this needs to stop. <laughs> I, swapped the, I swapped the bigger TV screen for my more, uh, smaller mobile screen. I played Candy Crush, a whole lot of Candy Crush. Candy Crush is one of the, for those who don't know, that matching game where you have to match to get points, yeah? Like the, you're jeweled or you're bedazzled because capitalism breeds innovation. Um, I play so much Candy Crush on the flight that I start really realising that I do this thing in the game where that if I realise I'm not going to get enough points for how many moves left, I like quit the game and start again. Like I'm going to end this on my terms. Um, which is just a strange way to find out that I'm pro-euthanasia. Um... <laughs> Uh, like, that I'm pro like, I'm not saying right here, right now, I'm just saying that if I don't have five moves and only, I need 5,000 points, there's options, you know. Now, I land in Edinburgh, and like, to be honest, this white guy doesn't get to feel many like cultural experiences. So when I land to find so many people, and I see so many people with the same coloured hair, like the exact same shade of red hair, oh gosh, I'm home. <laughs> I get to border control and they ask the usual questions. Why are you here? What are your plans? Where are you staying? And I'm not the greatest with social cues, but even I could tell that something was off from the beginning. I start to feel wrong. I've been insured by my employer that they uh, had sort of the right working visa, but it becomes quickly apparent that maybe, possibly, they definitely didn't. <laughs> I'm asked to sit. I'm interviewed again. I'm asked to sit again. I'm interviewed again. I'm asked to sit somewhere else. My bags are searched. I'm asked to sit another place. They call my employer. I'm asked to stay seated. I do the hokey pokey and I turn around, but nothing seems to be enough for these suits. Finally, I'm pulled into another room. There are three federal police waiting for me. They interview me. They write down word by word everything is said. And whilst I should be paying atten more attention to the matter at hand, all I can seem to think about is the impressive job this Scot is doing at transcribing this Queenslander's panicked nasal voice. <laughs> because if the roles were reversed, there's just no way in Glasgow that I could transcribe a Scottish brogue with such speed, you know? He puts down the pen and my fate is sealed. I'm told that I've been refused leave of entry into the UK because I do not have the correct working permits. I'm told that I would have to, be re I have to return to my last port, Melbourne. I ask if I can go anywhere else, Ireland, Italy, France. They tell me no. 
I have my passport seized, my fingerprints taken. I'm permitted to stay at the accommodation that I booked for one night and one night only until the, Mel the next flight to Melbourne arrives, though I'm assured that they will be confirming that I had checked in and they will monitor me. After 10 hours of detention, a member of federal police walked me through the airport, looks me sternly in the eye, and in a lower voice says to me, if we're not back here by 7 a.m. Friday, we will hunt you down and we will find you. <laughs> they use the same collective we as Mario, but for some reason, I just didn't get the same feeling from these guys. We had a different type of rapport. I call my brother, I am crying. I tell, my, I tell him to tell my family, I ask them not to call. I leave the airport. I get to head to my government-sanctioned accommodation. I lie in my bed, but I cannot sleep. So I get up and try to make the most of my day in Edinburgh. I climb Arthur's seat. I take a tour of the castle. I take a tour of a whiskey distillery. I do a, a tour of Mary's Close. I take another tour of the castle. I take a walking tour of the Edinburgh, of, of the town. All of which are led by like minimum wage, over-enthusiastic drama students, you know? Like listening to that many drama kids talk with such passion about things they clearly know nothing about really made me nostalgic for, uh, for a house party I got plus one to at Brunswick West. <laughs> the sun starts to set, I decide to clamber to my hostel, I lie in bed, I can't sleep. My mind is racing. I'm terrified that if I fall asleep, I won't wake up and I'll miss my 7 a.m. rendezvous at the airport. The words, in, uh, words from that cop echo in my head, we will find you. <laughs> I play more Candy Crush. I can't sleep. I watch Scooby-Doo 2002, I can't sleep. I watch Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed 2004, I still can't sleep. I watch Scooby-Doo 2 again, there's a theme here. I can't sleep, I can't sleep, I really just can't sleep. By this time it's 5 a.m. and the sun is rising, I head to the airport. I arrive at the airport. I'm escorted through security and placed on a plane. I arrive in Abu Dhabi and I, I'm asked to wait. Security comes to collect me. I'm escorted through Abu Dhabi airport. I'm sat with another security guard who is uh, with two other people who are also being guarded. A few hours go by, no words are said until the security guard says, what did you all do? I'm last down the line, so I'm the last to answer the question. Prior to me, me opening my mouth, I'm hearing a story from Gary, a Kiwi, with a short temper but a love of gin, who punched a flight attendant and was now being sent back to New Zealand. <laughs> Directly to my left is Carl, Queenslander, admits that he missed his flight, uh, his flight and then threatened an, an attendant at knife point to make it through to Italy. I'm in such esteemed a company. Uh, they look at me, um, and I realise I really wasn't ready to admit what I had done because, I mean, I've experienced imposter syndrome before, but never for crime. Um, I realise I'm hesitating because I am prompted again. What did you do? And after listening to quite in-depth accounts of what I think are extreme acts of violence, all that I could seem to muster was admin error. I'm escorted into the plane by security. They inform the attendants. I am treated like the felon they tell me I am. That the attendants ignore me for most of the flight. They don't serve me food. I watch, the mo I watch a movie, not Scooby-Doo this time. I watch another. I watch loads more. I start playing Candy Crush again. I start to wish that the same rules could apply to the situation I'm in. I wish I could quit and start this all over again. I land in Australia. I'm requested to stay on the plane until I'm collected. I'm escorted through the airport, through customs, and out into the foyer. 
I'm handed my passport. It now contains a giant X through a Scottish stamp. I spot my mum. She comes running. But it's like any woman in her 60s, so it's more like a shuffle. <laughs> it's at that point where I sort of realise what everything that's happened. Um, I stopped associating for the first time in three days. I mean, I start to realise that I haven't slept since 6am, that 6am wake up I had. And I realise I hadn't uh, eaten since the first flight. I start to realise that my brain has blacked out most of that weekend and that I've... <laughs> I have photos of Arthur's seat, but no memory of it. I realise I can't, I, I realise I couldn't remember most of that weekend and I still don't. I, I see my mum and I start to cry and I reach out to her and she reaches out to me. I'm home. Um, she pulls back um, and before I could say anything, she mutters, she mutters a few words, which are, well, Nicholas, prior preparation prevents poor performance. You should have been more prepared. We've been over this. I'm home. Thank you.